What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. How's everybody doing? Is that worship not, I mean, amazing, probably not the, the best word. It's, it's, I don't know. It's good. It's just good. Amen. You can feel God's presence just makes you want to enter in it just makes you want to get closer to him it just makes you examine yourself it just it does all of that it's just it's an amazing thing so uh we're going to continue our series on the blood of jesus i'd like to welcome our online audience i'm pastor brett the associate pastor here at next level freedom church thank you guys so much for tuning in i'm not quite sure if this is going to be my last one of the series or not uh, not sure yet. So I guess stay tuned till next week. You'll find, <laughs> you'll find out then. But, uh, today we're going to be talking about the blood is a cleansing. We talked about the blood is a covering. The blood is a sacrifice. And then the first sermon that we did was just kind of a overall discussion about the blood of Christ and what that means. And so we've been digging a little deeper every week. So that's what we're going to do again today is dig a little bit deeper and we're going to talk about how that blood washes away our sins. Amen? Amen? There we go. I mean, come on, we're talking about the blood tonight, guys. There's a, you know, we talked about, I think it was the first night, A lot of there's a lot of churches and a lot of uh, places that won't sing songs that has the blood of Christ in them because they think that it's nasty and you're talking about blood and different stuff. But if it wasn't for that blood... I mean, that's it. Come on, guys. It's the blood of Jesus. So that's that's where we're going tonight. We're going to start in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, just to start with. If you got your Bibles, I'll give you just a second. No, no. Well, not tonight, bud. So verse 5 and verse 6. And... It'll explain it. We'll, we'll get deeper into it as we go. But it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And if you can't tell, so Aaron Michael was in the King James Version on Sunday morning. So I moved my tablet over to the King James Version, and I wrote the, almost the whole sermon using King James verses before I realized I wasn't in the typical ESV. But I love the King James, so it worked. That's what I grew up on, really, is the King James Version. So I love both of them. But So we're going to be in King James tonight, amen? So we've talked about the blood as a sacrifice and as a covering, and like I said, tonight we're going to talk about the cleansing. So let's go back to verse 5. Let's read it one more time little bit slower and from jesus christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood there it is amen 
So it's by his blood that our sins have been forgiven. It's only by his blood that our sins had been forgiven. You see, we talked a little bit over the last few weeks about how they used to sacrifice bulls and goats and different things like that. But there was to be a once and for all sacrifice that was done on our behalf. And that was done by Christ. He shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven. He died on that cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And one of the other things we talked about is when people preach these messages, I've been on that side looking this way. And I've had this thought to myself, like, I know this. Why is this guy rehashing this stuff? Because we need sometimes to realize, because we get so far in depth, and we, we're, we're, we're thinking, I got to do this for the ministry, and I got to do this for the ministry, that we don't stop and take time and really reflect on what he did for us. So that was the point of the, this series of messages, is to get us to reflect on what he did for us and the true sacrifice that is in that. So... Remember, there had to be a sacrifice, a life that was freely given. Anytime that you give your life for something, that's a sacrifice. Anytime that you do something for someone else where it causes, where you have to give something up, you make a sacrifice. But the ultimate sacrifice was that Christ died on the cross for our sins, and that washes away our sins. But see, it doesn't stop there. And I got to thinking about this this week. Yes, the blood of Christ washes away our sins, but it also does something else, doesn't it? It doesn't just wash away our sins. It washes away the result of sin. You see, when we sin, there's something that takes place. We screwed up. We messed up big time. So now we're in a a series of problems. We've done some things in our life that led up to it. We've sinned, and now we have the consequences of that sin. But you see, the blood of Jesus can wash that all away. And that's not, I'm not saying that we're not going to have to answer for what we did. Because sometimes the circumstances that you get yourself into, you have to walk those out. That's, that's kind of like learning your lesson. But what it does, what I'm talking about, is that cleansing. Is it, it's a cleansing of your mind and a cleansing of your heart that you realize that what you did was wrong. And you don't want to walk that way anymore. Amen. So that's that's kind of what we're talking about tonight. It can wash away your guilt. Has anybody ever had your guilt washed away? I I've, I could tell on myself it's okay, but years ago, and I think I've told this here before, did something I wasn't supposed to do, and I'm just I'm just laying in bed, just crying out to God, right? Because I feel it heavy on me. Like I messed up. I did something stupid. So I confessed it to my wife. Hey, honey, I did something stupid. And I don't feel better yet. Like, well, why don't I feel better yet? I'm supposed to feel better. So I just keep laying there, and I'm crying out to God, and I'm repenting for what I did. I felt guilty. And I will never forget it to this day because it was the strangest, best, most wonderful feeling in the world. I literally felt that guilt rise up off of me and leave. I rolled over, and I went to sleep and had complete peace. And it's an amazing thing. It was almost like God was saying... You've learned your lesson. I see you've repented. I see your heart. You're forgiven, and the guilt left. That's having your guilt washed away. Anybody ever had your pain washed away? I mean, come on. We've all struggled. We've all been. I'm talking about that emotional hurt. I mean, I'm also talking about the physical pain. He can wash that away, too. We've seen that happen. But that emotional pain and that emotional hurt, who's had that washed away before? Because that's one of those things that will weigh you way, way, way down. 
emotional pain will bring you into anxiety. It will bring you into depression. It will destroy your life if you let it. But the scriptures are telling us here that the blood of Christ can wash away all those sins and all those problems and all that hurt and all that pain. And he can fill that back with his love. Now here, why does it do that? Well, because we learn in the scriptures that the blood of Christ is a cleansing. It washes things away. So what is sin? Sin's, it's wrong. It's dirty. It's gross. It's, it's bad, right? So when his blood comes in, when we ask Christ to come into our lives, what does he do? He cleans out that heart. He moves all the junk out so that he can move in, right? He's cleansing you from the I've asked God plenty of times, Lord, cleanse my mind. Wash my mind with the blood of Jesus. Because the things that we see out there, come on, let's just be honest, guys. The things that we see, the things that will pop up out of nowhere, we talked about that, I don't know, here it's been maybe a month or so ago. Things that will just pop up, commercials and things that will pop up. I was watching uh, Pluto TV on my phone one night. I was, I was watching some old wrestling stuff, okay? And out of nowhere, here's an HIV commercial with two guys standing there, kissing on an HIV commercial for some medicine. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. So now I can't watch it because I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do if I have this on the TV and my kids see this? I don't want my kids to see that. So now I can't watch that because I'm afraid of the commercials that might pop up because I got to protect myself. I got to protect my household. So it's all of these things that we need. to. I've prayed to have my mind washed clean before. I actually do that a lot. (laughs) I do that a lot. So, anyway, moving on. When it's done washing away all of that bad, it can restore you back and better than you were before. That's where I was going. When that blood has come in and it's washed you clean, it can restore you back and make you better than you were. Because God's not in the business of taking a sinner, washing them clean and saying, all right, you're not as good as you once were. You know, you're still, it's, you're still pretty bad. That's not how God does things. He picks you up. He dusts you off. He cleans you up, and he puts you back on the right path, don't he? And he blesses you. That's just a loving God. That's how he is. That's who he is. He blesses us. He loves us. He wants better for us. And you know what that tends to do is it encourages us to keep on that path, doesn't it? Because he's giving us something to look at that's better than what we had. He's given you something. If you remember, it's been a, while, a little while back, we talked about walking that narrow road and staying on that path. And sometimes we'll veer off, but he always pulls us back and he gives us something, that light at the end of the tunnel that we look at. He shows us what's at. He's saying, hey, look over here. Here's what's at the end of the tunnel. It's better than what you had. Keep walking this way. And then our stupid selves, we get off the road every now and then and realize that we got to keep our eyes focused. When we keep focused on him, The rewards are great. That washing of the blood, the forgiving of our sins, the washing away of the emotional pain, the washing away of the hurt, all of those things. He can wash away the sickness. He can wash away the disease. We just have to let him. Let's go ahead and read Psalm 51. Or turn to Psalm 51. We're not going to read the whole thing. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that can make you whole. And as I was... Going through some of these scriptures, that old song came up. What can make me whole again? Don't want sing it. <laughs> Y'all sing it, not me. Okay, sing it one more time. Let's do it. What can make me whole 
I loved that song. That was always one of my favorite songs. But y'all don't want to hear me sing it. That's why I wait till everybody's singing real loud, and then I mumble it under my breath because I do not have a singing voice. Psalm 51, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, To the chief musician, let me back up. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So we know what David did, right? Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Have you ever been like David here? Yeah. Okay, we've all done that thing. And we've all went, oh, boom, face first, face plant. God, I'm sorry. You know, I've been there time and time again. David had sinned, and he had recognized that what he did not only hurt him, but it hurt God. And that's what I try to remember when I mess up royally. That not only does it affect me, it affects my family, my wife, my kids. And I think about what what it does to God's heart. Because we, we make God's heart hurt. Amen? Whenever we sin, whenever we mess up. David realized that only God could forgive him of the sin that he committed. David is repenting and asking God to wash him. I just found these scriptures so fascinating as I read through them. Uh, the word iniquity, it basically means immoral behavior. Why did we just get done saying that the blood of Jesus did? It not only washes away your sins, but it can wash away. It reveals that immoral behavior, and it shows you that what you did leading up to that sin, that's where you went wrong. The sin is the, is the thing that it's the final thing. Boom, you sinned. Eventually, sin will lead to death. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But all this other stuff that you did leading up to that sin and where you went wrong, the blood of Jesus Christ can reveal that. The Holy Spirit will reveal that and wash that clean so that you know not to go back to that. Amen? And that's what we really have to grab a hold of. As we listen, as we listen to that, it, to me, listening to David, it sounded like he was going through the sinner's prayer. I mean, he's praying for all the things, really, that we talk about in the sinner's prayer. Uh, Let's read Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In whom we have redemption through his blood. So what does redemption mean? Redemption is that action or saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. He wants to save you. See, we're not just saved from our sin. We are being saved from a lifestyle that leads to sin. What happens? What, hap- what, was, what happened when you got saved? Let me, let me tell you a little story about what happened to me. I accepted Christ, and just about a few days later, okay, I'm 13, right? I'm just about the same age as my daughter. And I don't know. I, it's all new to me, okay? I'm just be real. The whole Christian thing's new to me. So I'm still trying to be cool at school, right? So we used to be able to walk to lunch, which kids can't do that no more. But we could leave the campus and walk up to the gas station and get some food and come back. Yeah, they can't do that no more, I'm sure. (laughs) They they can't trust these kids. So they don't even know which bathroom to send the kids to, let alone where to send them to eat. But I remember that I was walking back 
And I was talking with one of my friends, and I started cussing. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Just, And I heard in my spirit or in my head or whatever you want to call it, you don't talk like that anymore. And I'm like, what was that? Like, because I had never felt that conviction. It's not your conscience. It's different. I believe we have a conscience, but the Holy Spirit's not. It's different. Because it was one of those, ooh, what was that? I had never experienced conviction in my heart like that before. And I knew immediately that that was God saying, we don't talk that way. And that's when I knew that there was, there's something more. It's a change of lifestyle that God wants from us. And he leads us in that lifestyle. That's when the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit is that leader. He leads us. He shows us. He comforts us. He does all of these things. When you're washed in the blood, you're changed forever. Completely. See, David's crying out for forgiveness, but he also realized that he needed a lifestyle change. That's what he's talking about. If you go back and you read that again, he's crying out because he realizes what he did was dumb. And now he needs a lifestyle change so that he don't go back and do the same thing again. See, you don't just cry out to God and get your forgiveness and get up and go back and do it again because it's going to be worse than it was the first it's not going to be it's not going to be a slap on the wrist if you're lucky enough to get a slap on the wrist for whatever you do. It's going to get worse every time you go back to that sin because you're not learning your lesson. You're continually walking a lifestyle that is destructive. Because what sin do whenever it's had its way with you when it's done with you? Where does it lead? It leads to death. And that's the whole point of having this lifestyle change. It's so that you don't walk into death but you walk into life that light at the end of the tunnel that we've been talking about psalm 51 uh we're gonna start in verse 10 we're gonna go to verse 12 if you're taking notes create in me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit within me this is hard not to sing this 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 was a song at Anyway, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. That is what the blood does for us, guys. It creates a new heart. It washes. It's before you're saved, your, your heart's full of junk, right? It is. It, it, it's not the way that it was supposed to be. The blood comes in. It washes it clean. It creates a new heart by washing our hearts clean, and it makes it a place that the Holy Spirit can dwell. The Holy Spirit's not going to share space with all that junk you've been building up for 30 or 40 years, whatever it is. It wants it out. I've told my salvation experience a few times because, I mean, I was young. I didn't understand hardly anything about church. But I'm there saying, going, going through a prayer with somebody, and I meant it, and I just start shaking. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, like, back when I was a kid, I wasn't a real nervous person. I was very calm. And I just start shaking. And I have always felt, looking back, you know, like, Lord, what was that? And I really feel like it was, it was <laughs> the Holy Spirit was bringing the truck in. He was moving his stuff in, and the other stuff was coming out. And it, it was just the junk coming out of my life. It was just moving out, get out, get out, get out, get out. So, 
And God will never cast us away. And when, we, and when we sin, the Holy Spirit will convict us and draw us to repentance. And we all know this. We all know this. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And I always say it's the best feeling in the world and the worst feeling in the world. It's the best feeling because you know he's there. It's the worst feeling because that conviction hurts sometimes, don't it? That conviction is hard, and we don't like that conviction. But it's his blood that sets us free that makes us righteous. Amen? Even when we don't see it, God sees it. Let's be honest. We look at ourselves. I look at myself in the mirror and, uh, when I'm just going through my life, and I, I'm like, Lord, why did you choose me to do anything for you? Because what I'm seeing is not good enough to even bow in your presence. Why did you choose me? But it's the blood of Jesus that washes us clean and makes us righteous before him. That when he looks at us, he sees that blood of his son, and he knows that we're one of his. Amen? First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God, right? If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So there it is. This is the whole thing. But this whole thing is met with a caveat or a condition, if you will. Did anybody catch what it was? There, there, there's, a, there's a condition. There it is. If. There's an if. I never thought of this before. <laughs> it's the most simplest thing, a little two-letter word, right? But it says, if we confess our sins. That means you don't have to. You've got the free will to do whatever you want to do. If we confess our sins. If we want forgiveness. If we want our sins erased. If we want to be cleansed. If we want to be set free from this life. We must confess our sins. First John. Not Brett, not Pastor Brett. First John says, let's read it one more time. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But first, if. It falls to you to want it. It falls to you to want a lifestyle change. It falls to you to not want to continue on the path that you're on as a sinner or as somebody who has backslidden or whatever it may be. Or the family members that we have that we're witnessing to, that we're trying to reach, ultimately it falls to them to say, yes, Lord, I want you. That's why we pray. That's why we seek God. Amen. If we want to be set free from this life, we must confess our sins. If we want washed by his blood, we must confess. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We confess our sins, and we confess that he is Lord, and we confess that he has been raised, and we can be set free. Should have been an amen somewhere. Amen. amen. I'll do it. Romans 6, verse 23. What happens if we don't? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you stay in your sin, 
you will die in your sin. He gives us the choice to choose him or reject him. I'm so glad I chose him. Because, okay, every Christian can say this. We've been on the other side. It's not greener over there. The grass is all burnt up. It's dying. It's dead. There's nothing good over there. Okay? It leads down a pathway that leads you to stuff that you don't want. It hurts. It's painful. There's nothing good. There's no hope. There's nothing but death over there. And we're looking, we're looking at it when we're in it thinking, man, this is great. We were dumb, I guess. When you step over to the other side, when you step in and you ask Christ to forgive you of your sins, you look back and you think, what in the world was I thinking? Why was I ever on the other side? Thank you, Jesus, for taking me out of that. James chapter 1, verse 15. I'm almost done. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin leads you to eternity without God. And this is really one of those messages and series where we have to say, what do you really want? Speaking to the online audience as well, what is it that you want out of life? Do you just want to have a life where you go about and you do whatever you want? You get into all kinds of trouble. Maybe you go to jail. Uh, Maybe you get out. Maybe you get into drugs, alcohol. Just live any way you want. Is that the life that you want? Let me ask you, how's that been working out for you? Are you happy? How do people look at you? Well, I don't care how people look at me. I don't care what people think. I hate when people say that. Because... Even in the lowest form, we all care somewhat. And as a Christian, I care because I don't want people to see me as something that is a stumbling block to them. So, yeah, we care. If, we can, if you say you don't care, that's like saying that you're not going to walk out and live a Christian life. Right? You're out there wanting to live a Christian life, so you care how people see you. Now, the other side, the world on the other flip of this thing, they could say they don't care, but they care too. They care because they care, in a, they care in a sinful way. They care what they look like. They care how much money they have. They care how, you know, the, the standard of person that they want to be. They want to be high in society. They want to look good. They want people to want to be them, right? Everybody cares one way or the other yep, for something. Like Louis said, they care, for, they care how they look for some specific reason. Sin leads you to eternity without God to a place called hell. Boy, that's, that's a word you don't hear a lot anymore in the pulpit. And, you know, I, a few years back, I'm not going to say no names. I ain't, ain't going to get into that. But I know there are some main preachers out there, and y'all may know who I'm talking about. And they've all come out and they said, oh, there's no hell. There's no hell. It's just, it's just God. And I'm like, have y'all ever, do y'all even read this thing? And to say that homosexuality is not a sin, like, do you read this thing? There's pastors all over the place doing it, and I can point you in the right direction to go find it to prove to you I'm not a liar. Hell is a real place. It's not necessarily created. It was created for the fallen angels that fell. But when you reject the free gift of salvation, God, I hate when people say, why would a loving God send anyone to hell? Right? Anybody heard that before? Well, guess what? A loving God does not send you to hell. 
Your sinful nature and person and your rejection of Christ is what sends you to hell. You make the decision on where you want to spend eternity. God has done everything to make sure you have a way to get back to him. He wants to bring you home. That is your home. That's where you belong. Each and every person in this world belongs there. Now, whether you choose to go there, that's up to you. That's your decision. It's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? It's very much a no-brainer. It's a free gift of salvation that can lead to eternal life in heaven with the Father. And I cannot pretend to tell you, I mean, you hear people all the time saying, I've been to heaven and they've got this, 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 and this. I have no idea what is in heaven other than what scripture tells us. All I know is he's there and that's where I want to be. That's good enough for me. I can tell you it's a whole lot better than the weeping and the gnashing of teeth and the darkness and the flames where the worm doesn't die and all of these terrible things. I don't want to be there. I mean, if you was to take a five- or six-year-old kid and say, do you want to go where there's eternal darkness or do you want to go where there's love and bright light? What do you think they're going to say? A six-year-old is smarter than most of the people in this world today. When you break it down like that, you have six-year-olds that understand more than adults. I have a six-year-old little girl that just accepted Christ about a month or two ago, somewhere about a month ago. Because she, because of that class right over there, came to me and said, Dad, what's it mean to ask God into your heart? Because of what she's being taught over there, she has questions. A six-year-old. Don't tell me that it's too hard for adults to get. The gospel was made simple and easy for you to understand. He died. He rose. Accept it. That's it, guys. So... Every day, millions are cast into a place that they never get to leave. That's either heaven or hell. And this really hit me at work the other day. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here in just a minute, I promise. Preachers say that all the time, I know. Right now. And you see preachers go, right now, right now, right now. But I was at work, and it just, it just something dawned on me. There were people going to hell while I was sitting at work. All over the world. They're just cast out into hell or stepping into eternal glory while I'm sitting at work, while you're sitting at work. It kind of makes your, your, your problems of that day seem kind of small, don't it? So I want to encourage you guys. Online, I think most of us here probably know the Lord, I'm sure. But we all know somebody that don't. And I know there's people that may be watching that don't. Or you will know somebody that don't. So the whole point of this series, and I think I'm probably done with this series. We'll see what God says. But the whole point was to get you to understand this is what it's all about. Having conferences is great. Watching the spirit move is wonderful. Seeing people get prayed over and get healed is one of the best things in the world. I can't even tell you how excited I was Friday and Saturday night. That is the, I love seeing the move of God. But I really feel like sometimes we forget how simple 
the message really is. They're going to walk through those doors. And it's all good when the Spirit's moving, but when somebody comes to you and says, what do I have to do to be saved? Is it on your heart enough to be able to explain it to them? Or have you just got too strong in the Lord to remember that message? It's a simple message, guys, but we make it hard. And I'm going to say this. Sometimes we make it about ourselves. I want to get a word. I want to get a word from the pastor that day, or I want to get a word from the prophet in the house, or I want a word. Lord, send somebody to me, 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 me. Three people in the back just walked in, and not a one of them know Jesus, but they're searching, but nobody spoke to them. I hope that never happens at Next Level Freedom Church. We try our best to go out of our way to make everybody feel welcome. And if we, we don't get it, we, oh, we're like, hey, I'm busy. Make sure you go greet. You know, that's, that's All right, so I'm done. I urge you guys, if you don't know Christ, to accept Christ as your Savior. Be washed in that blood. Ask him to come into your life. And it, it really is simple. And sometimes I think we make it too simple in what they call the sinner's prayer. But we always try to explain to you that it's, it's you talking to God. And if you've never prayed before, whenever we go through this little prayer, it's just to give you an idea of what to say to God. You don't have to repeat exactly after me. You pray to God. If you want him in your life, you want Jesus to come in and save you and wash you clean with his blood, then you ask him in your own way. What we learned tonight, confess with your mouth, believe that he rose, believe that he died, believe these things, confess it, confess your sins to him and you shall be saved. That's it. It's not a hard message. But man, we, we, we fill it full of everything else to make it that way. So it's a simple. You just say, Dear Jesus, I've sinned against you. I acknowledge that you died for me. I acknowledge that you rose for me. I ask you to come, be Lord of my life. Cleanse me from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said a prayer similar to that, congratulations. You are now a new creation in Christ. I encourage you, find somebody. Find a Christian that you know is a Christian. Or if you have to contact us through email, whatever it is, you want to know more. You're still confused about what you did a little bit and you want to know more. Hit us up on the website or find somebody wherever you're from, a pastor. Go to a pastor. Go to a church. And I encourage you to seek out a little bit more dig into God, get you a Bible and start reading and let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you. Keep praying to God. Just keep talking to him just like you just did. That's really all prayer is. It's just like you're talking to your your best friend. And he is your friend. And that, I, you know, I talk, had somebody one time say, you shouldn't talk to God like that. Like, I didn't call him any names. I'm just taught he's my, like, anybody ever been mad at God? I've gotten mad at God. <laughs> stupid reason okay and i'm gonna let the online audience go here in just a second but the stupidest reason my girlfriend broke up with me years ago <laughs> i'm in my car driving away and i'm you better make this easier just i'm just mad as just i can get but you know what he's the closest friend you'll ever have and he'll listen to you yell he might put you back in your place but he'll listen to you amen 
Amen. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Next Level Freedom Church. We thank you so much for that. Please be, uh, if you can, come join us here at 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri, if you're in the area. If not, please continue to turn tune in uh, every Wednesday and every Sunday, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Thank you, guys, and God bless.